eyed man who appeared to be the station master said, For God's sake, sir, you haven't seen him, have you? Seen whom? Fenn demanded mistrustfully. The motorman, sir, the driver. No, of course I haven't, said Fenn. What's happened to him? He's gone, sir. Hooked it somewhere or other. He's not in his cabin, nor we can't find him anywhere on the station, neither. Then he has absconded, said Fenn, with valuables of some description or with some other motorman's wife. The stationmaster shook his head, less, it appeared by way of contesting this hypothesis, than as an indication of his general perplexity, and stared helplessly up and down the deserted platform. "'It's a rum go, sir,' he said, "'and that's a fact.' "'Well, there's one good thing about it, Mr. Maycock,' said the younger of the two porters who were with him. "'He kind of got clear of the station, not without being seen.' The stationmaster took some time to assimilate this, and even when he had succeeded in doing so, did not seem much enlightened by it. "'How'd you make that out, Wally?' he inquired. "'Well, after all, Mr. Maycock, the place is surrounded, isn't it?' "'Surrounded, Wally?' Mr. Maycock reiterated feebly. "'What do you mean, surrounded?' Wally gaped at him. "'Lord, Mr. Maycock, didn't you know? I thought you'd have met the inspector when you came back from your supper.' "'Inspector?' Mr. Maycock had hardly been more bewildered if his underling had announced the presence of a snab or a grievy. "'Why, Inspector?' "'Scotland Yard chap,' said Wally importantly, "'and half a dozen men with him. They're after a burglar they thought to be on this train.' Mr. Maycock, clearly dazed by this melodramatic intelligence, took refuge from his confusion behind a hastily contrived breastwork of outraged dignity. "'And why?' he demanded in awful tones. Was I not informed of this here? You have been informed, snapped the second porter, who was very old indeed, and who appeared to be temperamentally subject to that vehement, unfocused rage which one associates with men who are trying to give up smoking. You have been informed. We've just informed you. Mr. Maycock ignored this. If you would be so kind, he said in a lofty manner, it will be helpful for me to know at what time these persons of room you are speaking put in an appearance here. About twenty to twelve it'll be, said Wally sulkily. Ten minutes before this lot was due in. And it wouldn't have occurred to you, would it? Here Mr. Maycock bent slightly at the knees, as though the weight of his sarcasm was altogether too much for his large frame to support comfortably. To have a deco in my room and see if I was here? Oh, no. I'm only the station master. That's all I am. Well, I'm very sorry, Mr. Maycock, said Wally in a tone of voice which effectively cancelled the apology out. But I wasn't to know you was back, was I? I told the inspector you were still at your supper in the village. At this explanation, Mr. Maycock, choosing to overlook the decided resentment with which it had been delivered, became magnanimous. "'Ah, well, there's no great harm done, I dare say,' he pronounced, and the dignity of his office having by now been adequately paraded, he relapsed to the level of common humanity again. "'Burglar, eh? Was he on the train? Did they get him?' Wally shook his head. "'Not them. False alarm, most likely. They're still hanging about, though.' He jerked a grimy thumb towards the exit barrier. "'That's the inspector there!' Hitherto no one had been visible in the direction indicated, but now there appeared beyond the barrier a round, benign, clean-shaven face surmounted by a grey Homburg hat, at which Fenn bawled, "'Humblebee!' in immediate recognition. And the person thus addressed, having delivered the injunction, "'Don't move from here, Millican,' 
to someone in the gloom of the ticket hall behind him, came onto the platform and in another moment had joined them. He was perhaps fifty-five, small, as policemen go, and of a compact build which the neatness of his clothes accentuated. The close-cropped greying hair, the pink, affable face, the soldierly bearing, the bulge of the cigar case in the breast pocket, and the shining brown shoes, these things suggested the more malleable sort of German petit bourgeois. To see him close at hand, however, was to see the grey eyes, bland, intelligent, sceptical, which effectively belied your first superficial impression, showing the iron under the velvet. "'Well, well,' he said, "'Well, well, well. Chance is a great thing.' "'What?' said Fenn severely, his head still projecting from the compartment window like a gargoyle from a cathedral tower. "'Is all this about a burglar?' "'And you will be the station-master.'